four, three, two, one. This is Texas Soccer Radio. My name is Kyle Makey. His name is Larry Leathers. Thank you for joining us this week. For those of you who are on Periscope, howdy. Uh, some of you got a special insight onto some of the goofy ass shit that we do right before we go on. So, um, that's my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we are here. We uh, missed last week um, because I was on vacation. Larry was sick. So we're back after a brief hiatus. Uh, Larry, how are you doing, man? You feeling better? Better now, yeah. The flu is no joke. Please do not get the flu. And if you do, go to the doctor. God, that was a horrible week. Yeah, I I would prefer to not get the flu. That is 100% why we do this show remotely. I actually never leave this bunker that I'm in. Um, fun fact for those at home. Uh, but I'm glad you're feeling better, man. Um, I'm yeah. glad you didn't get sick for your vacation because for those of you that know, don't know, we were actually out together just a few days prior before I got sick at SAFC training that week. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't come down with whatever I caught. Yeah, hopefully you didn't spread that to any of the players or coaches. Oh, God, I don't, don't, don't think say we that. got too close with anybody. So if anybody, it would be the uh, PR guys, yeah. Justin and Luis, that could get it. Whoops. Um, hopefully not, not though. <laughs> Hopefully not. So, um, speaking of SAFC, it was quite the eventful two weeks. Uh, I don't think we're going to get to everything that we would like to talk about um, between SAFC and USL and US soccer and everything else. Um, But we're going to do our best tonight and just kind of have some fun. So we're not going to have a guest this week. Um, However, we are expecting to next week, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But... um, yeah, let's let's jump right into it, right? Let's go SAFC like we normally do. Um, you want to start with the player signings or with the friendly? Leave it up to let's, you. Let's start with the friendly, and we'll move move through it from there. All right, uh, SAFC faced FC Dallas again um, for a open door, technically preseason friendly up in Frisco. Um, I, Jonathan Check just killing it on 210soccer.com. He's got a great piece about what preseason is for and what the fans expect versus what the club expects. And I highly recommend everybody go check that out, 210soccer.com, uh, if you haven't already. But um, that, that's kind of where I'm at with this. It was a FC Dallas team that uh, had just played the night before. Their first team had just played the night before, so this was mostly – reserves uh not a ton to write home about in in my book as far as results um uh, do you take anything away from that preseason game i mean it's it's nice to see some some i don't even know now i'm now i'm losing my words here um it's nice to see (laughs) some of the new players making connections on the team yeah i know i've got some uh personal reservations about jose escalante but he seemed to be getting the job done, feeding the ball into the middle and giving, giving our other guys goal-scoring opportunities, which is it's nice to see because it'd be better this year if we could actually you know, put a couple goals in every game. It seemed to be the missing piece last season was lots of you know, one zero, one or two goal results. And if we're putting up more, then Jesus, we're going to be a powerhouse this year. Yeah, that always makes everything easier, right, when you score goals. <laughs> um, so hopefully so. I mean, Ever Guzman looked great towards the end of the year. Um, having Jose Escalante out there kind of changes things up in a positive manner, I guess. Um, unfortunately, this game wasn't streamed, and neither one of us could make it up to Frisco for it. So we don't have a ton of insight on it, to be honest with you. But uh, it is a preseason game, so we don't tend to put too much stock in that. It's essentially a glorified practice in a lot of ways. So um, they did come away with a victory, but I wouldn't exactly be hitting the panic button, even if they didn't. Yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's nice. I mean, Tierpak and, and uh, Guzman both had goals. Um, Both were fed balls into the middle from Chris Tier or from Jose Escalante. So if those guys are starting to mesh, it's going to be a great year. It really is. Yeah. And one thing we did see was an absolutely killer save from Matt Cardoni. Um, that was encouraging. I put it on Twitter, but just to kind of repeat myself a little bit, um, coming off of injuries, 
in any sport, one of the hardest thing is getting over the mental aspect of it and trusting your body to be able to do what it used to do. And that especially an injury like what we think happened with Matt, where it wasn't a contact injury. It was, you know, he was in Vancouver and just moved a certain way and got injured. Um, so to see him come off so quickly and so strong and make that save, that is super encouraging. And it seems like, you know, he's past it and he's ready to compete with Diego for that starting spot. Yeah. And I mean, we expected it to be a competition. We know that's what uh, Coach Powell tends to do is every position's up for, for grabs. So having – I mean, we, 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 we probably need two good goalies because we always seem to lose one. So, yeah, let's hopefully avoid that this season. But having two strong guys like Cardoni and Restrepo, it makes me not worry about what's happening back in our goal, no matter who's back there, even with Johnston. He's a, good, he's a great fill-in as well. Stole it right out of my mouth. I was just going to say, and Lee is a, a killer backup as well. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but just, it's good to see that positive momentum from Matt. And um, one other injury note is that, I don't know if we've actually talked about it on the podcast or not, but photos have been out there and a couple people have asked about Rafa. Uh, he still has the face mask on. And um, SAFC, I know this is a huge shocker to everyone, but uh, the Spurs aren't the most open with injury news publicly. So um, we don't know exactly the extent of any injuries throughout preseason. We won't know probably until the first game, um, right before the first match. So, uh, But it did look like Rafa was playing just like everyone else, he was full participant as far as we could tell. And he's just got that mask on, um, whether it's still healing or, or just, you know, preventative, we don't know. But um, I saw someone on Twitter, I wish I could remember who it was. Someone suggested that they paint it like a luchador mask. Or, or I like, did see that. Yeah. Type painting. That would be pretty killer. I don't know how legal that is with FIFA regulations, but just to uh, make him even more intimidating as if he needed it. I'm game for it. I think we should do it. At least suggest it. Can we buy one and like paint it ourselves and then there we give go. it to him and have him wear it for you know, a <laughs> scrimmage or something for us at there least? There we go. Um, and, and speaking of injuries, Harry and Aaron and a couple other people on Twitter were asking about Stephen McCarthy. And I uh, just wanted to mention that really quickly. Again, nothing official from the club because it's preseason. Um, but we did see him as a full participant initially in training. And then um, it looked like he picked up a minor injury. Um, we did see him with uh, some dressing on his leg at one point, but he was walking on his own. And it, uh, you know, this time of year, it definitely seems like it was uh, precautionary holding him out. It wasn't like he was on crutches or anything crazy like that. So um, I expect him to be a full go by the beginning of the season from what limited things we've seen. But um, it does appear that he's being held out of preseason matches right now. And there's no reason not to hold him out. I mean, it's the preseason games for him probably mean very little other than building team chemistry um, with some of the new guys. He's got his position on this team. It's not going anywhere. Uh, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not too worried about it either. It's it's probably just precautionary at this point, which is fine. Get him healthy for the season. That's when we're going to need him. Yeah. Um, I will I will throw a little asterisk at something you just said, though, about him having a position on the team. He has a contract for that, sure. That's true. Yeah. But we'll I, talk I about that a little bit later. Yeah. But I didn't say uh, that at this point. Big last-minute signing here Thursday afternoon, kind of shaking things up on what we expected. But um, let's rewind it just a little bit. We'll talk about some player signings here if you're up for that. Absolutely. Um, you want to start with uh, Darnell King? Yeah, I mean, we may as well run through them as they, they popped up over the last two weeks. So Darnell King coming in from Salt Lake. He's the trialist that we had seen that hadn't officially been signed when we were at, a, at practice that day yet. Um, yeah. He, it was hard to tell because he was down at the far end of the field, but we thought there was somebody coming in um, to maybe help out in that back line. And it's Darnell King. So it looks he was from Tampa, right? Was he Tampa? Didn't he play in Salt Lake? 
Maybe it was, maybe ta- it was Tampa, but he played in Salt Lake before, too. I believe. Yeah. I'm getting my teams mixed up. <laughs> that never happens at this level. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like in the press release, uh, he was with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers and then Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, he played at Toyota Field um, against the Scorpions in their uh, championship season. Where the hell am I getting Salt Lake from? Hey, man, I wasn't going to judge. It's preseason. We're all just... <laughs> Regular season form in the preseason here. Yeah, you know, we started out the Periscope with me making goofy-ass faces into the camera and stretching. So uh, it's, all, it's all golden from here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it out of the way now. Get the message so, out of the way now. Yeah, it was Tampa that he came from. And uh, it's kind of a huge get, especially for a position where – San Antonio FC was a little shaky at right back um, without having Ben Noonan coming back. So, uh, I mean, you saw him at preseason training. What, I mean, are you excited to see him as part of the squad officially? I mean, he, he fits that role of being an actual right back. So that's going to be an important role, especially with Ibiaga being up in the air right now. Um, so that'll be another good fill-in, fill-in spot uh, to take that role if Ibiaga's not back this year. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more about him a little bit later in the podcast, yeah. Ibiaga specifically. Um, but yeah, no, it's nice to see somebody who's an actual right back to be on the team to fill that role if we need him to. Yeah, and um, we were expecting Marco Jong to fit that spot, but the club also announced that um, they mutually uh, separated from Marco Jong Um to part ways with the defender midfielder so that he could tend to personal matters in Cameroon. So he's not going to be around. He's not going to be on another team um, facing San Antonio or anything like that. So um, hopefully everything gets figured out and we can get him back in San Antonio later this year or next year, whenever the the possibility arises, but sad to see Ojongo. He was fun to watch, but uh, pretty excited about Darnell King. He, has really impressed me in the short time that I've seen him in person. Uh, and then the couple of Rowdies games that I saw pieces of last year, um, just a killer player. So I, I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a big get for us. And we had another big get today. That's uh, another one to talk about here is we reinforced our defensive depth some more with Chris Christian getting signed. I don't know. We were all concerned about de- defensive depth, and now it seems like we've got more players than we know what to do with, and good players at that. Um, Chris Christian's definitely a big get from us, for us coming from Sacramento. Um, he's, he's played quite a bit for them over the last two seasons. He was their clearance leader last year. We may need that help if Ibiaka's not around. Uh, so, yeah, no, we're, we're – swimming in defenders now yeah he uh, uh chris christian started 29 usl matches for sacramento last year Jesus. so he's a bona fide starter and i think he played in almost that many the year before or exactly that many i don't have it right in front of me but uh he's been a, a big piece of their back line for the last two years and it's a little surprising to see that happen especially so late in the preseason but um huge get for san antonio because now you have Cyprian Hedrick, Stephen McCarthy, and Chris Christian all signed and on the squad. Um, I don't know that there's many teams in USL with that much experience at that position. And if you get Sebastian Abiaga back, either on loan or uh, signed, that's it's going to be insane. <laughs> like you're going to have two starter level center backs on your bench, unless you're playing three at the back, but. Uh, don't expect that either with Greg yeah. Cochran and Darnell King, but it, it's crazy. I, 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 this might be the Diego Restrepo signing of 2018, where a guy became available late in the preseason and and has a huge chance to make a huge impact. No, definitely, it's it's a game changer. And you're right; we we may have a lot of people just sitting on the bench, and we'll see how that how it comes into play with rotations. And you know, maybe we're just not going to see as many players every game. They give guys more rest this season, which that's fine too, as long as we keep the quality of play on the field. Yeah, it definitely seems like in the third year, it's easy to expect what we're going to see from this team ideally and it's a strong defense strong back line and move everything else up from there 
And so to have that amount of depth on the back line and that amount of experience on the back line, it's freaking crazy, man. Like even without Ibiaga, this has to be one of the most competitive back lines in the league. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I'm, I wish we could see more of what's going on with these preseason games now, which I, I will mention it's actually not on our list of things to talk about tonight, but I did see that the game against the New England Revolution is going to be streamed this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that'll be a chance to see how the back line's going to shake out against an MLS squad. Yeah, and I believe that's being streamed by the Revolution's yes. website, if I'm not mistaken. So if you want to watch that on Saturday, it'll be there. Yeah, on I believe on their Facebook they're going to be streaming it. So okay. that'll be the place to catch that this weekend. But that for sure, that'll be a great opportunity to see something that we didn't think we were going to get to see. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I know that the preseason isn't about fan service necessarily, but I'm itching, man. I'm ready. I'm ready you to see these and see what's going on. I mean, I'm hoping you'll be able to make your way out to some practices this week. Uh, maybe we'll see what happens there. Maybe I'll be able to join you on one of the days. We'll see. Yeah. That... Well, no, they're out. They're out in Phoenix. When do they get back from Phoenix? Not, not for a while, right? I don't know, man. Well, I, I was just thinking to myself, I don't know if they're back this week. Surely they are because there's preseason matches coming up. Oh, man. This week. Let me, let me hit a pause on the SAFC talk to give you a little behind the curtain. We were off last week. Next week, we're going to have a little bit of a modified show um, because Larry's not going to be here. And, you know, this is, this is preseason, baby. We're talking about Mountain Dews, baby. So here we go. Um, we're we're going to make it. We're going to make it through it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, last player signing for now, unless they release one at 1020 at night when we're recording this. Um, Ethan Bryant was announced and that's one that I am freaking excited about because he is a 16 year old midfielder. If you've been paying attention, looking closely at the photos, he's the one with the long blonde hair. Uh, the curls kind of stands out a little bit. Um, he's been part of the ETP program and training with the first team for at least last year and this year. Um, so I remember seeing him last year. And he keeps up with those guys. Like, yeah. even at 15, 16 years old, he's been keeping up. I'm not saying he's starter level, ready, play the kids right now type thing, but he definitely deserves this contract. And I'm excited to have the first Academy product, San Antonio FC Academy product, coming onto the team. Um, he wasn't officially part of one of the Academy teams until this contract, but, you know. Yeah. Count it, right? <laughs> I mean, I think you're right. We probably won't see him starting anytime soon by any means, but um, I'm sure we'll see him out there on the bench occasionally at least. Um, but he's one that we actually did get a look at and a closer look at when we were out at training this past week. Uh, he was on the close end of the field where we were at, so we got a little yeah. bit of a look at him. Kid looks like he's got some skills there hiding there. So, I mean, he's a, he's a good get, and especially coming from the academy we want to see these academy kids coming up eventually to the team and, and making the roster and giving them that, that venue to get into the avenue to get into the team. Yeah, it's, and it's exciting too because he's only 16. That I would assume that he's probably got one more year after this, one more season after this, um, where he would be on an academy contract. And at that point, it's either college or pro. And, you know good chance that San Antonio can keep him long-term potentially, which would be just an awesome story as awesome of a story as uh, you know, Matt Cardoni and, and Maxi Rodriguez and some of these San Antonio natives are uh, to have someone who, you know, was part of the SAFC family essentially um, come through. That's, that's an awesome thing. And, you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting step for, the academy and the the club as a whole and, and everything else so very cool yeah definitely it's going to be exciting to watch what happens with him over this next season or two within the club and maybe into his future if he decides to go pro after that yeah so speaking of the academy here's a transition um safc academy coach ryan rushindle 
um, slash defender slash midfielder slash emergency goalie slash color commentator. <laughs> um, he can add another title to his resume now as he's been named 2018 club captain, um, which is cool. I don't remember if we said this on the podcast or not, but we kind of talked about not expecting an announcement like that this year uh, after Josh Ford and everything that happened there. Um, right. But yeah, it, it's cool to see him get that. What are your thoughts on Rashindle, the captain? Well, I mean, he's, he's one of the names we've thrown around when we've talked about who could be captain before him, Rafa, Ibiaga, if he came back. Um, Ryan seems to have really stepped things up and he's, he seems to be finding a bigger role within the team which is surprising considering we were also talking about him potentially being one of the ones that may retire going into this season. Right. <laughs> and we've gone from retirement talk to it's your team, you're running the show talk. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's a good player. He's solid on the field and he's been with the team now for a while. So, you know, I, I, can't, I can't argue with the choice. He's, he's definitely deserves it for everything he's done for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the interesting, I agree with everything you said, but I think one of the interesting aspects of this is that it echoes what we've seen so far in training and in preseason in that he is looking like he's going to be the number six. And we're going to see kind of what we saw towards the end of last season with him playing as a defensive midfielder that's able to shift back and uh, join that back line if called upon. Um, which is not something we expected ever. Um, no. That's such a really cool story because he came in essentially, you know, as a backup slash academy coach slash, you know, experienced player to have in the locker room and you know, flash forward a couple seasons. And now he's the starting defensive midfielder <laughs> slash captain. So that's an awesome story. And, and I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah, no, I, it's going to be good to see him captain in the ship going to be exciting to see what he can do i i wonder what that means for the midfield um because uh, and you know it's early we've got a lot of time before we make our you know big official predictions and whatnot but that central midfield you have to assume that um well let's go outside you have to assume that omar gordon jose escalante and chris Tierpak, two of those three are going to be your wingers and then ever guzman is probably going to be your striker um, and then that central midfield, it's kind of up in the air a little bit. I think you've got Ryan Rashindle as the defensive midfield, Mikey Lopez maybe as the eight, and then maybe Cesar Elizondo, maybe Rafa. Um, Maxi. Maxi has been That's playing as – yeah, he's been playing great from what we've seen. So I think that central midfield is almost as crowded as – the center back position <laughs> like you have so many options there and that's only going to be good long term I would assume I mean we're still I think yeah you're right it, unless you're playing all the way up front it's a crowded a crowded crowded area so who's he uh Harry just mentioned Pekka yeah. yeah that's another one that fits right into that slot too and it's it's going to be crowded we're this roster is really filling out really quick here now and we're getting a lot of talent involved and it's going to be insane to see what the rotations look like and the sub situation uh, for this season and who gets rest when there's going to be a lot of strategy with all that. I'm assuming out of, out of coach Powell. Um, but having this high quality, this big group of high quality players um, that are able to play a bunch of different roles is, isn't a bad thing. It's yeah. Definitely nothing but a positive for the team. It's just going to be tough to find everybody significant amounts of time. Oh no, we lost <laughs> Billy Forbes. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything's looking like it's coming up Millhouse this year. So pretty excited. Um, the, the other big piece that we're waiting on, like we talked about is Sebastian Biaga. He's with NYCFC right now, still technically on trial as far as we know, or a trialist as far as we know, right. not on trial. Um, he, the club played two friendlies recently, and Ibiaga got time in both of them. He played 90 full minutes at LA Galaxy, which is a really weird game. Uh, I'll mention that briefly in a second. And then he came in in the 64th minute against Atletico San Luis, um, 
going back to the LA game though, he played the full 90 next to Alex Collins, who is presumably the third choice center back. Um, but then they had like Maxi Morales and, and some of the other first team starters further up the midfield, but it was a total shit show. Like, uh, it was not Ibiaga's fault by any means, and Ibiaga was one of the players that played pretty decently. But defensively, NYCFC was a mess. And the next friendly, you had almost entirely the starters in to start the show, and it wasn't that much better. So where I started out saying that if, Abi- if Ibiaga makes NYCFC, he would be the third or fourth choice with how bad their defense has looked in the last two preseason matches, you have to wonder if the coaching staff is maybe looking at all of the options that they have. And I still think it's a long shot for Ibiaga to get minutes in New York, but I certainly see a path where he would be signed to New York uh, to, to be able to step up with how questionable that defense has been. I'll be honest, I did not get a chance to catch the Galaxy game with him. So, I mean, I'm going to rely on what you got to say on that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, if it's that bad, who knows what would happen then. It certainly makes it a little bit more of a wild card than what we expected where, you know, we thought maybe he'd be the third or the fourth choice. Maybe we'll still see him come back. I don't know if it'll be with an NYCFC contract in hand as well to – potentially move back up maybe this is the first player that we see that you know moves back and forth on a regular basis game to game yeah I and I don't think that would be a bad thing um you know he's a great great defender to have especially at the USL level so I think even if you're only getting him for a few games throughout the season it's worth it especially since he was here last year he was a captain last year it's it's not like it's just some random player that they're sending down right I mean I'd take him for a few games over not having him at all. Um, maybe it's just as a give some of our new guys a break because, yeah, right. like we said, we're going to be crowded back there. We've got a lot of talent back there right now, and he'll just be one more person that we'd have to find minutes for. And you can keep up with all that um, with HudsonRiverBlue.com. It's SB Nation's NYCFC blog that I'm going to be working with a little bit this season. Um, so you can check it out there. Uh, for any updates as well as you know our twitter feeds and everything obviously we're gonna have stuff about that but um speaking of another potentially former eh, let's talk about that when we talk about the kits but a former safc man has landed himself in sin city and we'll talk about him in a minute but um wrapping up the san antonio fc talk um real briefly i don't have a ton to say about this unless you do larry but uh, it looks like the Holtz are going to uh, get a divorce. They're um, going through the process of a divorce. So um, I don't, I'm not wanting to like dig into the gossipy type stuff. And so I don't really care about all that from their personal aspect. Um, obviously end of a marriage is sad and all that condolences to them, but um, as far as what it means for the teams, for the NBA Spurs, for SAFC, for the Rampage, and for the Austin Spurs, um, that's a big question. And it looks, some of the reports that I've seen are saying that they're assuring that nothing will happen, but it is something to keep on the radar that the majority stakeholders in SSE are going through a divorce. And a lot of times, when that happens with other teams, that stake is sold and distributed elsewhere. So, I mean, really the only thing I have to say about it is there was a tweet out of the Holt camp that said that the dynasty was safe. Obviously, that's more referencing the Spurs, so who knows what kind of shakeups could come farther down the line with, you know, SAFC and the Rampage and things like that. Uh, Maybe we'll see some shakeups at that level, but hopefully we won't see any meaningful changes with what happens on day-to-day with the team, either with SAFC management or coaching or anything like that. Hopefully it won't affect anything. Yeah, I've had discussions with some people that are pretty high in the SSNE hierarchy, and they are soccer people. They love soccer. They are all in on SAFC, on getting MLS, on making a good USL brand and academy, everything else. 
Um, you know, and it was a private conversation that, you know, had no reason to lie to me. So I, I believe that. And, you know, if you look at the other stakeholders in SSE, it's like AT&T and Valero and all of these billion dollar companies that they're not going to, I don't imagine much will change. Right. Um, even if the team is sold, which we don't know if it's going to happen or not. But here we are. We'll find out. In the next few months, I would assume. <laughs> On better news, uh, we do have a kit reveal coming up, finally. I'm That's excited right. for that. Uh, I didn't get to make it out to last year's Away Kit reveal, so um, pretty stoked to be able to make it to this one. It's February 20th, is that right? It is Tuesday night at 6.30 at Cowboys Dance Hall. And the actual reveal festivities, I believe, are supposed to get started right around 7.30-ish. Uh, but yeah, exciting times. New home kit. Super excited. As long as it doesn't go the Vegas route. <laughs> I wonder, I know where you're going with that. I know you were trying to transition there, but Cowboys? Why? I, why Cowboys? I don't know. I, <laughs> the last time I went random. there, there was a table being thrown and I was, I haven't been there in a little bit, I'm going to be honest. But I will come out for this. I will come out of my bunker and see what's going on <laughs> I, I can only assume they want to make it some sort of party atmosphere but i feel like they probably could have done some sort of event at the field at the stadium or even even what we saw with the original reveal for the team when it was down at at&t center out in the the courtyard out there yeah that would work too that, that seemed fun. to be really good it was uh, david and busters know. last year right that was is that what it was david was so. but it was I wonder, so that was part of the bar network. I wonder if Cowboys is part of that or if we're going to see some fun stuff at Cowboys this season. That would be cool. I mean, it's right across the street, essentially right across the street from the stadium. It's close by, so I get it. But yeah, it seems a little random for that to be the venue. (sighs) You want to talk about this atrocity, this ridiculous clothing this, yeah, that. Let's talk about Las Vegas. You mean this thing where somebody sat down and <laughs> did a bunch of drugs and watched Thor Ragnarok and Tron, and then <laughs> decided to make a, a freaking kit? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened here, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> I was gonna go with some kid dropped their box of highlighters and they just went with it, but yeah, that it's... your description is better. <laughs> <laughs> like, I seriously feel like that's what happened here. Is somebody? Somebody was doing too many drugs out in Vegas, watched a bunch of Thor, Ragnarok, and Tron, and had this genius idea for this kit. And it seemed like a great idea at the time. Uh, it seemed like such a good idea now. I know this is not a popular opinion, but I actually like the kit. Oh, no. I know. I, know. I saw you say that on Twitter earlier, and I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> Oh. I actually like the kit. There are a lot of things about the reveal and about everything else that I'll dig into that I didn't like. But the kit itself, the shirt itself, I like. It's goofy. It's gaudy. It's atrocious. But it's it fits the theme that they're going with on being Vegas as fuck. And if you're going to be Vegas AF, then go with it, right? <laughs> oh, man. It's so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. So I, I was I'm watching, so disappointed. <laughs> I was watching, and they probably said this in some statement. I haven't seen anything official from the club about their kit. Um, but the Vegas Golden Knights, the new hockey team, I realized the other day their helmets, it's like the Spartan helmet type thing, and the mask makes a V, like Vegas. Okay, um, okay. And it, if you look at the soccer kit, it kind of does that too. So I'm wondering if that was intentional or if if it wasn't intentional, then it's just gaudy as hell. But Oh, Jesus. I, I, love it. I was so excited about what they were going to bring to the table. I, was, I, I know I've said it before, but I've actually legitimately been harassing the Las Vegas Lights people on Facebook about when their merch was coming out. And then this shit show shows up. <laughs> I'll get a shirt. I'll get a hat. I am not buying the kit. It's not happening. It's, it's not so happening. good. It's so good. It's everything that I've said I've wanted from a kit in not being boring, being unique, being part of the city. Like, I, 
I'm trying to think of what the San Antonio version of that would be like just being San Antonio AF. Uh, and I guess it would be like, I, I don't even know, like the Alamo and some tacos and the river maybe, it's, but like not blue water, like green, nasty water. Like, no, it's the Fiesta kit. Is That's what it is. It's the Fiesta color kit. That would be fucking but amazing. I want a Fiesta color kit. I just don't want it to look like shit, like the Vegas kit. <laughs> So the thing that I didn't like, the thing that I'm going to pick apart and, you know, this is going to make me look like a old get off my lawn guy or something like that. But when they revealed the kit, they revealed the shorts first and then the the shirts. First off, come on. Like, come on. Nobody gives a shit about the shorts. Come on. They got the mayor out there for two separate reveal events to talk. (laughs) <laughs> at the sh- at the shorts and at the jerseys and the funniest part about it was the fact that they had the players out there shirtless topless yeah. in just the shorts actually i think they had on the hotel robes and then they pulled them right, off right 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 um, which like if i was a soccer player would i walk around with my shirt off maybe i don't know but you know i <laughs> From a like club standpoint, it's just so different from a lot of things that we've seen, <laughs> especially in San Antonio, where um, the press doesn't even go into the locker room anymore. That's you know, it's I, weird, man. Not San Antonio. The Vegas thing is is just weird. <laughs> it's you're right. It's very Vegas. It every nothing surprises me with them anymore now. After we had a shorts reveal. <laughs> And these ridiculous jerseys. The wait, we didn't even talk about the fact that they have the that the weird faces underneath for them to like flip up and pull up. <laughs> I forgot about that. I wish they wouldn't have said anything about it, and that we just saw it the first time that Las Vegas scored a goal. Somebody did that. That would have been perfect. Or I wonder if there's a way. That'd be awesome if they could like change the faces out for different games. Oh my god, different different <laughs> jerseys. Yeah. Coming. That would be that, And I, I've got to throw it out there because we said we, we kind of threw in the casino robe thing. What do you think about this whole business with every time they, what, what is it, goal scorers getting chips to the casino or $100 in chips yeah, to the casino for every goal when they win? I think it was if they win, if they score three goals and win or something yeah, like, there that, you go. Um, like that, they would get yeah, basically a bonus, but instead of cash, it's casino chips. Is that legal? I don't even... <laughs> I mean, I get, like, is it the worst thing that's ever happened in FIFA? No. <laughs> but no, no, it's not. But it, It's definitely... In, I mean, I guess it's just like having an incentive in the contract of, you know, if you score a certain amount of goals or keep clean sheets or whatever, but... It's, yeah, but it's not even coming from, like, the team. It's not right. like, oh, you get a bonus every time you win. Like, we know that crap happens in the NFL where it's, like, in their contracts where every win they get some sort of monetary bonus of tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. But, like... It's the Wild what? West, What? <laughs> what? There's no salary cap in USL, no TAM, no GAM, just thank you, ma'am, and here's your casino chips. Like, it's, yeah. I, you, know what, you know what is going to be fun as hell to watch, though, after this Valentine's Day is Reno in, in Vegas going back and forth on social media this year. Yeah, that's going to be a God. fun rivalry to watch. <laughs> that's Soccer Twitter is vicious, man, especially USL teams. That they don't hold very many punches. I kind of like that. Oh, I I don't know. Did you watch the the Vegas like the kit reveal live? No, I just saw the photos. You want to talk about Savage? Holy crap! That live stream and the chat that was going, especially once the jerseys came out. <laughs> oh oh my! I I don't even know what to say about it. It was so rowdy, so bad. Speaking of bad chatter and i won't harp on this for too long but i'm pretty sure that the usl facebook fan group um has made me delete my entire facebook account like it's so toxic and so awful that i may just call it quits on facebook entirely but 
yeah, I don't know that's... what you're talking about. I love I love when stuff gets in there. I, I will not participate because I do not want to get in the middle of the, of right. the targets on those sites from those people. But right. watching the stuff go down on that Facebook page is amazing. Well, that's why the fucking the USL broadcast used to have the YouTube chat enabled. And last I checked, it was disabled. I'm pretty sure they disabled it for 2017. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of salty and toxic people out there that are in that Facebook group and they shoot from the hip and don't think twice. I love it. Anything else on Vegas and the ridiculousness? The, we have it listed in the notes as Las Vegas shirtless kit reveal and how fucking silly it was. So I feel like we captured that pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was some other stuff that happened. Um, Nashville has moved their home opener to the NFL stadium. Um, good for them. Let's see if you can fill it. Uh, 100,000 people in, in yeah. Nissan Stadium. I don't know. Good thing to do, man. Like, you have a sellout at your, at your home stadium for the season. Right. Instead, you're going to direct all those people to a completely different venue. Like, why would you do that? You're, you're harming your own potential to get people back later in the season. Um, you know, it, that'd be like if SAFC had their home opener at the Alamo Dome. Uh, and then, you know, the casual fan isn't going to know to look up Toyota Field and might be turned off by that and everything else. It's very strange. Okay, so I, I'm shooting a little in the dark here because I don't know exact numbers on Nashville but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I'm guessing their home stadium's going to normally fill 20,000, 25,000-ish. Yeah, their MLS stadium. Uh, their MLS stadium. What happens if they go and they sell sixty or 70,000 seats for this game and the demand is there for more? Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what if this tanks their new stadium because they need more room? I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? It's like the Atlanta issue, you know, like if they could, it might be genius because if they truly get that kind of response and it's not, you know, like four or 5,000 more than what they would have had at their original venue and it's 10 or 20 or 30,000 more people, holy crap. Like, then what, then what do you do? Yeah. (laughs) It'd be interesting to watch for sure. Like if this is another Cincinnati type, thing i don't know i guess it's a little different since they're already in mls so they're they've already been accepted into mls but um yeah we'll see it, it's an interesting move I, I i know that i it's hard to say what kind of the soccer what the soccer following is in national obviously it's big um but we've seen them fill nissan stadium for you know i don't think it was world cup it was gold cup and so another another something else yeah. soccer maybe a u.s men's national team game um but they've filled up nissan stadium before for that sort of stuff so the, the people might be there for it for a bigger yeah. venue than what they're actually getting could be we'll see be a good problem for the league to have yeah um we got here of mls just real quick phoenix got a new owner specifically for the mls bid um trying to prevent exactly what's happening in sacramento so they have the financing all lined up. Uh, it sounds like Phoenix is ready to go at this point as far as having everything lined up. So I think they are going to be a strong contender for these MLS expansion slots. Um, only issue being, you know, it's hot in Phoenix. Yeah. But uh, they seem to be doing all right without any – they seem to be doing all right with their USL team, I guess is how I'm phrasing it. And speaking of Sacramento, there was news out of there tonight that they've been in touch with several billionaires about investing. So maybe they're getting their stuff together. But, I mean, it was like upwards of potentially a dozen different investors that were billionaires. So yeah, maybe they can get their stuff together. And you've got Cincy. I mean, we got, I'm going off track here. Since he's been calling for a decision in the next two weeks. Yeah. Obviously, they want to push hard now if Sacramento's actually getting their stuff together. So, I mean, it seems like MLS is waiting for Sacramento and for all of that to get sorted out. That's what it comes off as. But we'll see. Or at least they're trying to give the image that they're waiting and that they gave Sacramento every chance because 
last thing you need to do is piss off another market of, you know, seeming unfair and seeming to not respect fan support. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, this whole MLS expansion thing, man, I'm not going to harp on this for too long, but um, it's exhausting. (laughs) Like I'm tired of it already. And we only have one of the four teams that were promised two months ago. So here we are. Hopefully they'll figure it out soon. I don't know. I want answers just as bad as anybody else. On the positive side of MLS, um, it was officially announced that MLS would be part of the ESPN Plus streaming service, um, which is really freaking cool if everything works out the way that it looks like it's going to because it's $5 a month, so 60 bucks a year, as opposed to about $80 a year for MLS Live last year. Um, and if the rumors are correct, if everything I'm reading is correct, for those $5 a month, you also get all of the out-of-market MLB games, NHL games, tennis, uh, college sports, like probably not football, but, you know. It's a hell of a deal if it's what it says it is. Yeah, that's that's insane. I won't believe it until it's available for purchase that it's that good. But if it is, that's game-changing because that's hundreds of dollars wrapped into 60 bucks a year. So, um, and until that service goes live, the pertinent note is that all of the out-of-market games are going to be streamed on the uh, league's website so for free. So if you're interested in MLS, if you've never really given it a chance and you want to see you know, a couple weeks of games, here's your chance. You're going to get to see them for free until ESPN Plus goes live. So awesome. cool. So, what else happened this week? Anything big? Big federation changes? Anything like that? I don't know. Did we? Did was there an election? Uh, Something? Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly, there was. I don't know Um, if it was much of an election, but. uh. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Carlos Cordero was elected U.S. soccer president um, last. Saturday? Yep, last Saturday. I was, weirdly enough, I was in Orlando when it was going on. I didn't realize that it was there. Um, nah, anyway. Wouldn't <laughs> anyway. This point is being, your fault. Yeah. This I is blame you now. My fault <laughs> is the point. <laughs> I was in the same city that this happened, so blame it on me. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I don't want to monopolize the conversation here. Um, So do you have any strong thoughts on Carlos Cordero and his election and kind of how the whole thing shook out? Well, it seems like Gulati played this just the way he needed to. Let's make Carter the bad guy and, and, and get his man in there under the radar. So he's the current vice president, now president. Didn't I thought Gulati and Garber and everybody supported Kathy Carter. I'm not, I mean, it, it's the perfect cover. Let's support Kathy Carter and just <laughs> flip him under the radar. That's is that not? I, I feel like that's what mean. happened here. Is you know, let's <laughs> let's put all the focus on bring down Kathy Carter. Kathy Carter is the bad guy here against change and and the future of this federation. And oh, we're just going to slide Car- Carlos Cordero right in there and right under the radar because like some house I, of cards shit. I, I don't know if you paid attention to the actual draws. I was following along as they were happening. But, I mean, that last vote, Carter's support just out the window. Everything went to Cordero, and then it was it was gone, you know, on the third vote. So Harry says you know. are 100% right. Periscope <laughs> chat right now. I don't I, – I feel like I'm dominating the conversation here right now. But no, I don't, no, it's great. I don't feel like there's going to be much change. <laughs> I feel like we, we've committed ourselves to another – however many years of the same stuff again yeah I, I hope that's not the case i truly do i hope i hope cordillero goes in there and makes the changes that need to happen um but i'm not that confident that that's the case i'm a little more optimistic um call me foolish for being optimistic about anything with u.s soccer but here i am um <clears throat> cordillero announced his candidacy before gulati announced that he wasn't running and so it makes me think that they're not as aligned as everything necessarily lines up to be um 
El Jesus on yeah. Periscope said, introduced to soccer 10 years ago. Now, there was a quote that said that the way I took it and the way, if you look at the context of it, it seems like he's talking about U.S. soccer, like the Federation, because he played soccer in high school. So I don't think, like, unless he was really, really out of it, um, <laughs> I don't think he just entered soccer a decade ago. Um, but even if he did, um, I'm okay with it because he is one of the first things he announced was that he's putting in a GM for the men's national team and the women's national team, two GMs for one for either team. Um, and I think that's exactly what needed to happen because now you have the president who handles all of the business side of it and all of the meeting with FIFA and the other federations and getting the world cup here and all that. Um, and then you have these GMs who are basically technical directors um, handling the actual soccer stuff and being accountable for the soccer stuff. And I think that's what we needed. I, I really think that, you know, the Winalda burn it down change system was never going to happen. Um, and probably shouldn't happen because we've got it pretty good here overall. Um, you mean pretty good? Like we're in the World Cup and we're going to win this this cup coming season, right? I mean, like obviously oh, not ideal. We're not <laughs> not ideal. But you look at MLS and it's a solid league that is always competitive. Uh, you look at USL; it's growing. It's one of the top five second division clubs, uh, second division leagues in the world. Um, NASL seems to finally be done, so there's going to be less drama within the pyramid. Like all in all, it could be worse. And I think Cordero was Cordero was a halfway point between uh, Kathy Carter of keeping everything status quo and Eric Winalda of burn it all down and you know burn it again until it's gone. So that's where know. I'm at. I know that's not the popular opinion, but like I'm I said, optimistic. I'm going to give it the chance it deserves, but I'm not that confident that we're going to get what we need. The what, what he ends up doing with the GMs and the coaching hires for the national teams will say a lot, I think, in, yeah. as, as far as what he's actually willing to do and the lengths he's willing to go to ensure that we're competitive in the future as a country. Yeah. Uh, Harry mentioned division zero is still going to be drama. That's not going to happen, man. Like if you're playing outside of FIFA sanctioned leagues, you're not eligible to play for your national team. You're out of the transfer market. You are as a player uh, putting yourself on an Island. You might as well go play indoor soccer. Um, so I, I really don't see that happening, nor do I see it being uh, any sort of competition to us soccer. I've also seen some stuff about, starting another pyramid with ProRail and uh, catching FIFA's eye and this and that, like, come on, man. Like, FIFA cares about money. They might not be as corrupt as they used to be, but they are about making money. And the United States is a massive moneymaker, so they're not going to let it all get destabilized and go into a huge question mark of what should we sanction? Like, they're going to go with the cash cow because it's there. And I think the best we can do is help change what's already there um, in responsible ways. I don't know. I, you're, I mean, I don't know. Uh, this whole thing <laughs> frustrates me. I was, I was really hoping for more out of this election, even if it wasn't Winalda, like uh, Martino seemed like he had quite the following too. Yeah. And I, it was frustrating to see the votes and how they were going down and see that even if those other six, the chain, the six for change rallied together, they still didn't have the vote. Like that's, uh, I think the players they, they voting for him speaks a lot though. Like, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I nah, won't you're, make you're it fine. long, but to me that says a lot. Like as much as I love the game, they've, played it at the highest levels and I respect their opinion a lot however naive that may be uh yeah I mean you're right the athletes council decided to go behind Cordero so we'll see we'll I see. did like Kyle Martino um not just because we same share the same first name and two last letters <laughs> two first letters in our last name there we go M-A there we go 
Um, and you were in Orlando? Or is there a mm, conspiracy? I know. I know. Conspiracy. <laughs> there can only be one. Um, yeah, so I feel like Kyle Martino handled it to a point where if he wanted to be involved, he probably still could. Um, Eric Winalda has come out as a fucking child in my opinion um he <laughs> if you follow him on twitter i haven't looked in the last couple of days i finally unfollowed him recently but um yeah he's he has not handled it well harry says someone has the better hair and sorry kyle lol i agree man i just got a haircut today but it's still not kyle martino hair so i no competition there <laughs> but um yeah i i i lost a lot of respect for eric Winalda as a professional as a as something besides a professional soccer player um because he just it was very he was always the wild card I mean and he's been nothing but wild like that's the yeah, thing is that's fair he really has like he's been the wild card and he's been nothing but wild throughout this entire thing and it hasn't stopped after he's lost yeah and I, you're you're not right he's he's acted very childish in the days after now he's on whatever twitter hiatus or whatever because yeah. he needs to get away from all of the drama and all that crap and that's fine whatever but i i would have been perfectly all right with them gathering steam behind martino i, that, I would have been fine yeah. with that that's i know some, I of, some of those other other people gans and and solo and stuff like that they didn't really you knew they didn't really have a chance and they, maybe they hurt the hurt the the whole thing going through. You know, maybe some of those candidates should have dropped out earlier and and pledged their support support in some different areas. And maybe this would have turned out differently. Yeah, um, they were at the you know last minute trying to rally support behind the six for change as a unified group, but too little, too late. Probably needed to happen a few weeks prior. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, is what it is at this point. Yeah, I I'm optimistic about it. It'll obviously a lot rests on who they actually get as those technical directors, but um, it's a good step. I I hope they don't hire anyone until after the World Cup because there's no reason to for the men. Um, well, I I want to say they said it would be a few months. Yeah. So whether that puts us past June or not, that will remains to be seen but i did see some twitter banner today that there was an early front runner for the men's side um the current gm from atlanta united yeah i think bocanegra dropped out i think he removed himself from consideration like okay. minutes before we went on <laughs> so that one is not on for that i'm pretty sure that was very late breaking um but yeah it would be interesting because atlanta united has been tearing it up in mls in their first season so um yeah anyway it's i i think it's way too early to do that there's no reason to do it for the men the women have a world cup coming up hopefully um so maybe you need to get on that a little faster but uh you know for the men take your time wait until after the world cup see who's available go from there also you're you're, you're right there after after this premier league season who's available because Man City is just running away with it. <laughs> and I think you're going to have a lot of um, a lot of very intelligent football folks available after this season. But Euro shakeup 2018. There it is. So I meant to do this earlier. Um, look at our Twitter feed for questions. If you ever have questions or topics that you want us to talk about, um, please, please hit us up on Twitter. Always happy to get those in. Uh, Royce writes in, Seems like SAFC learned their lesson from last season and invested heavily in depth this offseason. That being said, what position seems thin? Um, let's stop right there because then he talks about center back. But what position seems thin to you? At, up front, goal scorers is still the thin spot on the team. Um, it's going to be Guzman and Elizondo, I think, are the two. And you're going to have Gordon and Escalante and Tierpak feeding in from the sides. Um, I don't know if, if, if Guzman goes down or Escalante goes down, which we know he's potentially made of glass, depending on the season. Um, one of those guys goes down, we could be in trouble. That may be where we see one of these new guys upper covers step in and, and hopefully make a difference. I think my pick for thin would be still the fullback spot. Cause you've got Greg Cochran and Darnell King. But after that, a lot of question marks, um, 
we saw Mike Seth play as a defender. I meant to put that in our notes. I'm assuming he played as a fullback. Um, he's a big dude. Like he's very tall and very athletic. Um, so I could see him playing as a defender. Well, as uh, being a, a strong body that slows the opposing attack down, but um, not having a natural fullback, a third natural fullback is interesting. We'll see. It's worked in the past. So see if there's any um, more signings in the next week or two. I mean, we saw lots of trialist, unnamed trialist on yeah. the, the the lineups. So maybe we'll get some better insight um, with a streamed game this weekend. Yeah, there we go. Finally, get to see what <laughs> wow. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, he can cont- Royce continues on with uh, is it center back because we're waiting on Seba's situation for 2018. Uh, we kind of talked about that earlier. You've got um, Cyprian Hedrick, Stephen McCarthy, and uh, Chris Christian as center backs. And then you've got Ryan Rashindle that can slot back there too. So I think we're pretty set there. Um, and he asked, do we have a solid third center back in the preseason squad? So, yeah, we're, we're pretty set at center back at this point, I think. Um, Good shape. Yeah, there's – there's definitely worse worse places to be than having an abundance of talent at one position or an apparent abundance of talent. I mean, defense uh, has always been our strong suit, and it doesn't look like anything's changing with this season, except maybe we might have a little bit stronger. <clears throat> uh, Harry writes in, any new plans for the season uh, for 210 or Texas Soccer Radio this season? Um I'll stop there and, and I'll answer that real quick for 210soccer.com. Yes. Big changes. Um, hopefully we're still working on those. Um, hopefully we'll be able to debut those in the next couple weeks. But if you're interested in writing or taking pictures for 210soccer.com uh, or video or anything else, if you have some other idea that I didn't think of for 210soccer.com, let me know. You can email me at Kyle at 210soccer.com. Uh, or DM us on Twitter at 210soccer. Um, if you want to help cover the team, let us know. Um, but for Texas Soccer Radio, big plans for the season. Um, we're working on a new intro. If you missed it, we put out a, a request for you guys to record yourselves saying, this is Texas Soccer Radio. We got a great response from that, and I really appreciate it. And uh, it's actually kind of tweaked my original plan because we got so many uh, people contributing that we're going to uh, have a new intro to the show and it's going to change periodically. Uh, We'll kind of rotate through them uh, is the current plan. And that should be ready for the next show that I do with Larry in two weeks. (laughs) How about that? Um, Other than that, live shows, we're going to be doing hopefully multiple live shows here soon. Um, February has been weird for us because I was out of town and Larry's going to be out of town next Thursday. Yep. Um, so February has been weird. We're looking at stuff for the season opener in Sacramento. Um, we're looking at stuff for other dates. Um, we're just trying to nail down location and um availability of SAFC staff and or players and how to make that worth coming out to basically. Um, But yeah, and we're hoping to do that multiple times this season as opposed to just once last year. Um, Anything else that we've talked about that we're ready to throw out there? I know there's Um, other stuff that we've mentioned privately, but probably not yet, but maybe we'll have some more news with some of the things, those things. Um, the next one that I'll be there for, be around for, for, for this is March 1st. So that would probably be the next time I would look for, uh, look for anything big news wise in regards to stuff. You may see new this season out of Texas soccer radio, but don't worry next week. It's not going to be just me. I <laughs> will have, um, someone interesting to chat with, uh, it may be a shorter episode than normal, but I think you'll like it. And we'll have more about that uh, early next week, hopefully. And uh, make sure you guys come and hunt us down. Say hi this at the Jersey reveal this week. We'll both yeah. be there. Um, hunt us down. Don't be, don't be afraid to come up and, and, and say hi to us. We want to meet everybody out there that we haven't met already. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've met a few people that have listened to the show over the last couple of seasons when we've done giveaways and stuff. And it's really fun to, 
shoot the shit about SFC and about podcasting and everything else. So, I mean, we're just fans like, like everybody else. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, I guess I technically do journalism stuff too, but at heart, I'm just a fan. Really? <laughs> when it comes to podcasting, I'm just a fan. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're, we're here to have fun. So let's have fun together. Anything Wait. else? Sparkles. Um, I think that's it, man. Um, thanks for everybody for listening. This, this episode started out weird. It got weird in the middle. It ended weird. Uh, what are you going to do? But next week will be fun. Um, it, it should be an interesting show. Now I'm over-promising. That, that's dangerous. It's going to suck. Next week is going to be awful. Don't even listen. Um, you should definitely listen. <laughs> listen, to, listen to Kyle make, make bad decisions. Uh, it will not be a periscope show that's the one thing we should probably say now uh the show next week will definitely not be a periscope show it'll be a texas soccer radio listen on your apple devices whatever wherever you get your podcasts at that will be the place you'll be able to find next week's episode um i control all the periscope stuff on my end so if i'm not around it can't happen unfortunately that's right (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to make a joke about reading the credits in the description because our outros have been going so long. Um, But one thing I do want to mention is that I am not the sole producer on this show anymore. Um, We 100% co-produced the show. Larry handles the Periscope stuff. I handle the podcast stuff. And we both kind of help out with everything else in between as far as booking guests and the technical side of it and all that. So it it really is a partnership. I am not... uh, driving this car anymore it's a driverless car and we're in the back seat just slinging back some beers and having fun or something sounds about know. right bad analogy <laughs> kind of like making out in the back seat but anyway thank you for listening <laughs> we will catch you next week uh i will catch you next week we'll catch you two weeks god damn That's it right. i messed it up turn it off <laughs>